Welcome to the Psychotherapy Central podcast where we discuss love, attachment and healing from trauma. A place where you can gain the knowledge, tools and wisdom to help you build secure, flourishing relationships. I'm your host, clinical psychotherapist and couples therapist, Jennifer Nurek. Welcome to the Psychotherapy Central channel. I'm your host, clinical psychotherapist and couple therapist, Jennifer Nurek. So in this episode, we're going to be discussing anxious attachment and covering where it might have come from and patterns of behavior that show up in relationships. So many of you listening to this will know that I've just finished my book called Heal Your Anxious Attachment that is to be released in February 24 with New Harbinger. So this is one of my favorite topics. It is something that I have lived myself and I, it is embedded in all of the material that I do and especially in my flagship program, Relationship Cycle Breaker. And there'll soon be a specific course focused on anxious attachment and healing anxious attachment. So before we begin discussing the anxious adaptation, and I like to use the word adaptation with attachment styles because it helps us to remember that these are responses to an environment and specifically to a relational environment. And I think that people with this style of attachment, like the avoidance style, tend to get a bad rap. And with the anxious style, they tend to be judged as being too needy and can often end up feeling bad about their natural desire, their natural biological desire to be connected. So my invitation is to listen to this with an open and compassionate heart as we discuss this way of being in relationship and remembering that it is developmental. So what kind of conditions can create this adaptation? So there are two main categories. One is where the parent is sometimes present and attuned and sometimes not. And we never know which one we're going to get. And so it creates this kind of anxiety in the child to stay close to the parent. It can happen sometimes if maybe there's um, some abuse going on in the house and, and the caregiver is a safe person. It can happen then. And, and one of the other ways it can happen is if you have a sort of an overly anxious person caring for you. Now, it might not be... Um, it could be that as a child, I, I've maybe got some illness or something's not quite right with me that might actually cause my parents or my main care caregiver to feel very anxious. It could be that my main caregiver lost their um, partner or their sibling um, to maybe a car accident or, or something else and they're left with this terrible feeling that something might happen to someone else they really love and as a child if that's me I'm, they might not be comfortable with me going swimming in the ocean or climbing a tree and so again there's this energy of anxiety all around um, and it that can also create a feeling of oh, okay I'm not okay in the world there's something wrong with my body or there's something wrong with my environment 
and I need to stay close to this person in order to stay safe. So there's a few different ways that it can um, evolve. Now, something else to know about um, the anxious adaptation is about the nervous system. So the, the, we have a part of the nervous system called the autonomic nervous system. And part of that nervous system, and it's a very protective, amazing, life-saving part, is called the sympathetic I call it the, the sympathetic activation. So it's kind of the fight or flight. And think of uh, um, kind of having a safety detector that's going on all the time. Um, Stephen Porges calls it neuroception, where our nervous system is constantly scanning for danger. Am I safe? Am I not safe? And with people with the anxious adaptation, that can look like hypervigilance in the relationship looking at every little look, every little sigh. I asked a question and he, he went <sighs> and looked away. And, and my alarm bells go off. Yeah, very common experience with the anxious style. And that's the um, nervous system's sympathetic system sounding the alarm and saying, okay, we need to fight or flight, we need to do something. So energy comes into the system, right? And I might find myself texting a lot in order to make contact. I might find myself, they might be going away for space and I might find myself chasing them. And that's because there's um, all this activation in the system, all of this energy. But essentially it's your beautiful nervous system trying to keep you safe. But we'll talk more about this later. So how does it show up in adulthood? First way that it shows up in adulthood is as a need to be connected. And this need can be so strong, it can feel like life or death. Yeah. And that makes sense because as a child, staying connected to our caregivers is literally a matter of life or death. If I'm in a room without food or water for more than 24 hours as a baby, I'll die. Yeah. So being connected is life-threatening and it can feel like that in our adult relationships as well sometimes. And so this, can, this desire to stay connected, which can be really ramped up in the anxious style, can make us stay in unhealthy relationships for too long. Rather than be alone, I'd rather stay in this unhealthy relationship can also show up as a tendency to put your partner's needs above your own. It can also show up as um, a fear of abandonment, of being left naturally, and of jealousy. So again, this is hypervigilance and not really feeling safe and secure within the framework of the relationship because the experience in past relationships has been that they haven't been safe. I haven't been able to rely on my other person to be consistently there for me in the way that I need them to be there. So I feel anxious and I chase in different ways or I protest in different ways. So the second thing I'd love you to know about the anxious style is that inconsistency can be very difficult and it can trigger that fight or flight sympathetic response because it looks like it can be a trigger for lack of safety. 
Yeah. And so it can cause again this kind of chasing behavior that happens. Now, this third point is a really interesting point because a lot of anxious partners will say, especially when they're with more people on the more avoidant end of the spectrum, will say, I'm really in touch with my feelings and you're not at all. Right. But what often gets missed is that often for the anxious adaptation, yes, they're in touch with their feelings, but often they are flooded by them. So emotions can often feel uncontrollable. The alarm goes off and the flush of energy, of emotion can be very hard to even break down what it is that you're feeling. Am I feeling scared? Am I feeling panic? Am I feeling angry? Am I feeling sad? And it can be kind of all of them. And I know that I've definitely been in situations where I felt like it's all of them, right? And it's that a lot, it's that um, nervous system alarm going off. Something has happened and it could be something really small, but it's said to it, 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 in the, in, as we start to search through the internal files of the past, there's something about that, that look, that reaction that signals a lack of safety. Okay. And again, this emotional regulation, um, it, it comes from co-regulation and usually with a regulated other. And as it happens when we're a child, we internalize the ability to self-regulate. And when it hasn't happened enough, and it's always about enough, it can be that we lack the ability to internally self-regulate. And again, that's something that we'll be talking lots more about on other episodes. Now, the fourth thing I wanted to talk about with the anxious adaptation is internal self-criticism. There's often a lot of self-criticism when you see yourself, um, you know, really chasing um, a response when you can't calm down, when you find yourself shouting at your partner and, and not them backing off even more. Um, I like to use the analogy, you'll hear me use it a lot, of the avoidant on their island. Your partner's gone to their island and you're on your speedboat, right? And sometimes that's loud and fast and scary, actually, for the avoidant person. Um, but that's, that's, uh, that's the, the part of the anxious person is trying to make contact to reform connection because their person has left. So with this internal self-criticism, there is also what Bowlby called an internal working model of self and other. Now with the anxious adaptation, that internal working model says, you're great and I'm not. Yeah. So the tendency is to put the other person on a pedestal, that they're better than me. And, and there might even be a bravado of pretending I feel as good as the other person but feeling like eventually you're going to be found out. That's also very common with the anxious style. Now, on the flip side, with the avoidant adaptation, their internal working model says, I'm okay, you're not okay. And so with the avoidant style, what tends to happen is they feel like ultimately the other person is going to let me down. Yeah, I'm okay but I feel like they're going to let me down. And so I can't really trust them. 
And so they might tend to start to become, if they get too close to someone, start to become quite critical of their partner in order to create more distance. Now, the next thing I'd love you to know about the anxious adaptation is that we can start, we can set up this pattern of, it's not a set up pattern actually, what it is, it's a, it's a struggle to feel your partner's love. A struggle to notice all of the loving and caring things that your partner does and an over-focus on what they do, let's just say wrong, but on, on the things that um, are less caring and less attuned. Now, I'm not talking here about relationships where there's abuse going on, okay? So I'm talking about in a healthy, generally, you know, in a reasonably healthy functioning relationship where we just have one partner who's more avoidant and one partner who's more anxious, which is actually a very common relationship dynamic. So anxiously attached people are some of my favorite people to work with in therapy. I love working with insecure attachment styles. And it's one of the reasons that I've done a lot of research and a lot of training in the field of trauma because attachment, sometimes attachment wounds are called attachment trauma. They're things that have happened in our past. We have younger parts that are stuck and frozen in certain patterns. And so in our current day relationships, we end up time traveling. So suddenly I'm being engulfed by this six-year-old part of me speaking from this six-year-old part of me and really she's speaking to my mother or my father and not really to my partner. And so as we can go back and work with those younger parts, work with that inner child part, things in the relationship can often settle down really very quickly. But more than that, we start to form what I call an internal secure attachment. So in my course, Relationship Cycle Breaker, the first half of the book and the course is all about building internal secure attachment. And the second part of the work is in your relationships around communication and needs and boundaries and holding self and holding other and holding that space between, which is just where a lot of my joy and juice is. So if you are anxiously attached and you feel like you align with some of those things, know that your attachment style can change over time. Um, therapy is very helpful in helping to shift attachment styles. We know that through the research. And courses like Cycle Breakers, like Heal Your Anxious Attachment, we look at breaking those patterns of insecure attachment and building a very solid core of security, of self-reliance, of self-love, where we move out into the world from a very different place. And, we, and from that place, we create completely different relationships. So I hope you found um, some interesting material in there. In the next episode, I'll be explaining the less well-understood insecure pattern called disorganized attachment. And I'll be sharing some of my experiences of working with that attachment style. 
So if you like what you've heard today, please like, subscribe and share. It really helps to grow the channel. The show notes for today will be available on my website, psychotherapycentral.health, where you'll also find my free course on breaking relationship cycles. So thank you for being here and have a really wonderful day. Thank you for joining me on this episode. If you want to learn more about all things love, attachment and trauma, I'd love to connect with you on Instagram at psychotherapy.central or visit my website at psychotherapycentral.health. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd greatly appreciate it if you could leave a review and a five-star rating. Your support means a lot and I look forward to connecting with you again soon.